I'm Asan. It's Friday, and this is the Friday Show. Been another busy, busy week in City World. Two wins, two late, late goals from Sterling, and the streak goes on. I'm delighted to be joined by Stefan Borson for this one. Welcome, Stefan. Hi, how are you doing? Very good. How are you? Good, good, good week. Excellent. Yeah, it has been a has been a pretty good week. Um, I'm going to go straight into the opening question because I I really like it. I think it's a great question. Um, it's from Silky Ilke, and he asks: Is winning late in games a sign of mental strength or a sign of weakness in the team? I don't know. It's definitely a sign of strength. I mean, if you look at you go back and look at every title winner over I don't know last twenty years. You know, the ones that you can really remember. You remember lots and lots of late winners in games where, you know, tight games, late winners. I think it, it's, to me, it's one of the markers of champions. Interesting. Uh, I mean, you know, sign of weakness in that you hadn't won the game before the last minute. Well, you know, I can understand that if you're talking about, um, you know, that we haven't won many games, but you're talking about taking wins from, you know, 11 to 12 or 10 to 11, you know, out, out of, out of 13. So, uh, you know, uh, for us, definitely this season, it's, it's, it's the strength rather than the weakness. Um, okay. But, you know, I think we'll come on to talk about it. it. There's a bigger question as to whether, whether a bad result is around the corner. Mm, yeah, no, we'll get there. Um, well, what do you think? I mean, well, you seem surprised by my view. I am. I am a little bit surprised because I I think that it could equally be argued that if you're going into the last minute of a game against a side that's just been promoted and you're not winning, then you know there's probably a weakness in your game that needs to be looked at. And if you score a last minute winner once you go, okay, cool. But if you do it twice in three days, the the opposite, the opposing view could be they've had a very lucky week and, you know, on another day, Sterling puts that three inches wide. You see what I'm saying, well, don't yeah, you? Well, yeah, I think that's why I say it'll come on to the broader question because I do think we've had a lucky week. You know, I don't think we played well this week. Uh, but at the end of the day, we won both games and the run is incredible. So, mm. but, but it, you know, if this is actually, are we playing particularly well right now? Well, clearly we're not. Yeah. Um, do you just to, st- to stick to the, the kind of mental strength or mental weakness thing? Do you think at a certain point it becomes, so we've obviously scored two late winners this week. Um, do you think that the, things like that begin to creep into the mind of the opposition as well? Yeah, I, what I'm, what I'm that. trying to get at here is the idea of, basically teams being beaten before they've they've taken to the park. And I think that down the years, I've seen sides, I've seen United sides, City sides under Mancini, where the opposition, you could just, you'd look them in the eye and you'd know that they were more or less defeated before a ball had been kicked. Do you think things like last minute winners really feeds into that? Well, I think there's two aspects to it. So I think there's there's the you know, we just can't beat these guys because even if we don't beat them in 90 minutes, uh, so sorry, even if they don't beat us in 90 minutes, they'll beat us in 91 to 95. Um, but, you know, I think it becomes about uh, that that dressing room right now will feel themselves. So forget about the opposition. I think our dressing room will feel like they, you know, until until the game is absolutely completely finished, they'll feel they can win any game. And look, we know that United over the years, many, many times, City in title-winning seasons, uh, United in that title-winning... You remember the Van Persie season after we'd won the league? Yeah. The number of games in the early part of that season that United pulled out of the bag in, you know, late on, um, you know, just as we were trying to get some... Trying to get closer to them, it was week after week. So I think it's critical. I think, uh, and I think, from a mentality perspective, it's the teams you're playing, it's your own team, and also it's your main competitors. Because we all know United fans who will have been watching the game the other night, been, you know, oh, is there a window? Is this a chink? 
You know, is this going to be six yeah. points, maybe three if we beat them? And then all of a sudden, another two points and they're eight points behind again. And they've got Arsenal at the weekend. And the whole mindset changes. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's um, massive. I mean, so, so you know, I, I don't think it's even close, you know, in terms of is it a sign of strength or weakness? It's, it's massive positive. Okay. Okay. Um, well, let's look at those two games then. Um, the, the first question that I wrote, I guess, is for me the big question uh, that these two results have left with me, and that is, are we closer than ever to losing a game? No, it's What's dr- your it's drawing next, isn't it? Isn't that the way it works? Uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we're <laughs> if we're going incrementally, then yeah, maybe we'll get a draw first, but y- you never know. Well, look, I, I jokingly said we wouldn't beat both Southampton and West Ham, um, but I'm. I just can't see us not beating West Ham because they're so poor um, and we did beat mm. Southampton so I may, I may be wrong there but I think we are close to well I think we've got a problem right now because, and this is all I'm going to have like the disclaimer the 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 12 game winning streak disclaimer which is of course it's in the context of where we are uh, but I think a combination of injuries the card situation the number of games coming up and the difficulty of the games coming up all combining means that we've got we're going we are going we're not going to win every game clearly and so i think there's a strong chance that we could lose one of the games against united or spurs mm. um if you look at if you kind of look at how we've dealt with what's been thrown at us so far. And I don't just mean in terms of opposition. I mean, in terms of the injury to Mendy, the injury to Stones, the injury to Vinny before that. Um, is there not any part of you that is looking at the squad and going, actually, it feels a little bit like we're much better equipped this season to remain consistent in our performances, even if key kind of pieces of the of the, the functioning puzzle are removed. Yeah, but I mean, there's a limit, isn't there? I mean, how many players, you know, if you look at where we are on, on Saturday, okay, we're, I think we're fortunate that it's West Ham, but if you look at it, so Mendy's out, um, Stones is out, um, who else is out? Um, is that it? Are those the two injuries? Mendy and Stones are the two big ones, okay. yeah. And then you layer on top of that the three suspensions or the, the players that are on four bookings. I mean, I can't see how he can play any of Fernandinho, Sane or Vinny against West Ham. Okay. And that's five of your first team. I mean, okay, maybe, you know, certainly four of your first team who are out. That's a lot. And so Mm. no matter how good your squad is, if you've got those sorts of big, big players and key players, and you're talking, you know, John Stone's probably, well, definitely our best defender so far this season. Uh, you know, Vinny's influence when he's when he's on, on his game. Fernandinho, again, arguably one of our key players. Uh, you know, it's a it, it's a problem. I, I think it's layers of layers of the problem, and then and then the number of games. I mean, there must be there's got to be some fatigue there. They look they do look lethargic, and the players that are coming in are not shining. I mean, you know. Gundogan is not playing well. Um, Silva's not really hit the ground. Uh, the two strikers, you know, when one comes in, the other one, though they're scoring goals, they're not really performing. So, uh, you know, it's, um, look, it's a problem. I, I, you know, I mean, what, how do you think we can cope with it? Or are you, are you comfortable with the, with the quality of the, the squad now? Are you feeling? Well, I think that, uh, I see it slightly differently than you. I agree. I agree to an extent. I, I kind of, I, I wrote the question, are we closer than ever to losing a game? Because I feel like in some respects we are. Um, I do think that if you look at, if we look at the West Ham game in isolation, I think they're, you know, we'll talk about it later, but they're really maybe the poorest side I've seen. And I thought Sunderland were the worst Premier League team I've seen in a long, long time last season, but West Ham are giving them a run for their money. So I kind of feel like on Sunday, we can get away with Otamendi and Mangala, for example. We can get away with not playing Sane 
um, and playing Bernardo Silva instead. I think that in terms of the, I actually think that the, the we'll know a lot more both about City and about United and Spurs after these, after the next three rounds of fixtures, because it's it's very difficult for me to you know ultimately when we when we when we look at the injuries the only real injuries we've got are Mendy and Stones so the suspension thing if we can rest those players on Sunday the ones who are potentially on a suspension then we at least go into the United game with more or less a full complement of of players and because of the fact that we've already won the Champions League group there's a strong possibility that at least eight or nine of those players who are going to play against United, they, uh, they get a week off, you know, they get, they get the full week, uh, after, after West Ham. So, so I think we can, part of me feels like, yeah, we can go into those games and, and, and win those games and, and really put a marker down. But at the same time, I suspect that United and Spurs will both be looking at those games and going, we can do something in those games. We can absolutely get something off, off City. I think that for me, the big thing, and I I wanted to talk about, I didn't put it in the agenda, but I wanted to talk to you about it anyway. So now's a good moment to talk about it. The key thing is Vinny and his form. Um, And before I ask you what you think, I I interviewed Marty Perrineau yesterday and and it'll be out next week for those who are listening uh, on the 93.20 player. But uh, we talked about Vinny and about uh, Gundogan and he said something that I'd never really considered. He basically said about both of those players, he said, they're not fit. They're twenty games away from being fit, and I was a bit, I was a bit taken aback by that. And and he was like, "Well, they're they're fit in the sense that they can be selected, but they've played so little football in the last three years that they're more or less miles away from being the players that they were. And they need to play. They need to get a consistent run of games to get up to that level." Where do you think Vinny? Where do you think Vinny's level is currently, from what you've seen in the last two games? And how do you think that? How do you view that going into United and Spurs? Because obviously, at the start of the season, we were all going Vincent Company remaining fit is the key to the season. Whereas now we feel like Stones is a big miss. So you almost feel like there's been a subtle shift in the in the hierarchy of who's the most important centre-half at the club. What's your take on that whole thing? Well, well look, I think all, you can't ignore the Otamendi situation in, in that mix as well. I mean, Otamendi is playing at a level that's far higher than we'd anticipated, in my view. And that makes a big difference because it means that the difference between a John Stones and a, and a, a company is not you know, he's not he's not massive when they when they're playing reasonably well. So if you, I, I think as a as a central defensive partnership, both of them are working. Vinny, I don't think he was good the other night, but then so few players were. Um, I thought he was. Uh, what was the game before Huddersfield? I thought he played well after after the first minute mistake. Um, you know, so. But clearly, he didn't play well midweek. I, I'm not overly worried. I think uh, Paranel must be right. And certainly, Gundogan, I don't think people can really criticise him at this stage because of that. Uh, no. But how's he going to get 20 games? I mean, and how's. I mean, Vinny might get 10 before Stones is back just because of this ridiculous fixture pileup. Uh, well, it's not a pileup, but this ridiculous fixture list that we've got. So he might get his 15, 10, you know. 15, 20 games if there is no, um, uh, you know, if there is no breakdown of injury. But, uh, you know, it's very hard to see how uh, Gundogan gets that kind of run whilst in the meantime not playing particularly well. You know, I mean, how's that going to happen? Yeah. So I don't know what the solution is to that. Um, But it sounds right to me. Uh, Vinny is, I I think, as I say, I think our central defenders, including Otamendi, are playing just much better than I'd imagined. And I put a lot of that down to the goalkeeper, a lot of that down to the system and the understanding, a lot of that down to the fullbacks. So, you know, I, I, you know, I think we can possibly, uh, I agree with you, I think we can possibly even get away with a Mangala against West Ham. I think we're going to have to, because he can't risk Vinny. I mean, Vinny, Vinny at the moment is getting booked in every game, or looks like he's going to, because um, he's quite clumsy and he's quite slow to get into games, I think. 
And, you know, we need him in the derby. That's his game. Do you think he needs minutes before the derby? In Just in the sense that if we kind of go with, with what Marty said about the fact that these guys just need, they need minutes in their yeah, legs. But there's they no need option. To, to... There's no option, is there? I mean, it, it doesn't work. I Yes, in an ideal world, yes. But it doesn't work, you know. So, but do you play? Where do you play him? Do you play him at West Ham or do you play him in in Shakhtar? Neither. Which one of those Neither. two games do you play Neither. Vinian? He doesn't go to Shakhtar. He has he has the time off now before the United game. So yes, I'd prefer him to play, but he can't. He can't play against West Ham because he's I would think more than fifty percent likely to get booked. So he can't play. Period. Because we just have to have him against United. So yeah. So he can't play against West Ham. That's definite. And I can't see that it's a good idea creating a mini international situation where you stick him on a plane, you know, all of the things that we complain about for Belgium, he does in a meaningless game. That can't be a good idea either. So he doesn't play in either game for me. I, I don't know whether that'll be the case. It wouldn't surprise me if he did play in one or two of the games. But for me, he wouldn't play in either. Interesting. Okay. I feel uh, I, I feel I'm a little bit torn because as we have this conversation and I think about what Marty said yesterday, part of me does feel like maybe, you know, he's rusty. I think we saw that against Huddersfield and we saw that against Southampton. And I wonder whether, you know, I mean, with the with the best will in the world, that's limited opposition that he's played against. United United's attackers won't be limited opposition. And and I wonder whether he needs another game. Maybe uh, I feel as though with Vinny, he needs a game where he basically has a good game for his own mental strength and confidence before he goes into the derby. Um, well, but I, I say, yeah. Time, so, what's your solution? Are you playing him against West Ham? I haven't got one. I haven't got one. No, because it, it I doesn't work. Because I mean, you know, you, you yeah. can only, you know, even if theoretically you're right, and you know, I think there's a lot of sense in what you're saying. It just doesn't work. We can't play him against West Ham. That, that to me, is obvious. And in terms of having a good game against Shakhtar, well, he might, but we, I'm, I'm not sure what the team's going to be against Shakhtar. I mean, it might not be a particularly pleasant trip. Um, yeah. The weird thing is they seem to be going for four days, so I don't know how that's going to work. So that, to me, suggests that he's going to take most of the squad out there, uh, even if they don't play, which doesn't sound like a particularly good idea to me. But... I don't know. I mean, look, one thing I'm pretty sure of is Mangala can't play against United. It's pretty much as simple as that. Yeah, I mean that that I guess I guess it kind of goes without saying. Um, but it will be I, it will be interesting to see to see how they manage Vinny whilst whilst Stones is out. Um this is where the management do- comes, I think. You know, so I think the missing the two games now is where the management comes. Then uh, not playing probably at Swansea. Uh, so playing United and Spurs, uh, he may well get booked against United. Of course, in fact, he, it might be a good idea for him to take a booking against United, so that he misses Swansea in an enforced suspension. Then he's clear for another five bookings until his next suspension. So yeah. it is quite unusual. If you look at the four booking situation, United have got no players on four bookings. Chelsea have got a couple and we've got our three, you know, three of our absolutely key players. It's given us a bit of an issue here with so many games this month. It's, it's going to really take some managing, I think. Well, I mean, I think, I think the logical thing, I'm surprised that uh, none of those guys got, booked against well I, I'm surprised for example that Fernandinho didn't take a book in well, he tried against he definitely tried I mean you know I mean there was at least two that should have been bookings and I think the referee knew that he was looking for it and didn't want to play that game mm. which is crazy but you know there were definite bookings I think it's, it's weird when a player's trying to get booked and yeah, can't I, I don't know it. how hard it can be to boot the ball away you know Five minutes, you know, five minutes left. Free kicks given against you, just booting the ball away, getting yourself a. Bucket. He should have, but he should have just taken his shirt off after Sterling scored, just yeah, spat it around his head in front of the referee's face. He got but, booked for that. I mean, look, nothing would surprise me, but he surely can't play him against West Ham. Who Fernandinho? Yeah. I think he'll play. 
I, I, just, I, honestly, we're playing with fire with this. These, you know, these players on are so important. Fernandinho is so important for us to have at Old Trafford. Would you play Torre instead of him? Well, I'd play Gundogan or I'd play Torre, yeah. Of course, why, why not? Or, or even okay. Foden. I'd play anybody. This is not... We're going to be, with the best will in the world, we're going to be constantly attacking against West Ham. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think we need a... I don't think we need to worry too much about who's going to hold in midfield. Mm. We've got, if we've got four defenders, that's, that's, that's enough. They're not going to set up to try and attack us, clearly. Yeah, no, it's it's very true. Um, actually, I said that I think he could play, but I and then I asked you the Torre question. I can see Torre playing against against West Ham, um, and also I can see him playing against Shakhtar as well. Yeah, it would make sense. It to would play, make sense yeah. to play Yaya in both of those games and give Ferner a nice long break before. Before the derby. To be honest, that criticism, you know, the, the 20 game criticism, I think is also a criticism, not a criticism, is all, uh, an observation. It's also an observation you can make about Torre and about his performances so far this season. It's very, very difficult for a guy like him with his physicality and with his, at his age to be dropped in and be expected to make an impression in the way that he was when he was, you know, fully fit and flying, say, last season. He yes. needs a number of games on the run. Now, he's not, he's not going to get it practically. I don't see how that works. But I think our criticism should be tempered by the same issues as the, the company and, and Gundogan issues. Yeah, but I think the, the difference with Torre is just his age and the fact that even last season when he was fit, his legs have gone. So it's not in some games, you know, the quality some games, is there. But, but, but then it makes it even more important that he's match fit. Yeah. So he's got. Yeah, even, but how do you, I think he's got an even bigger excuse. Okay, so let me ask you a different question then. So, do you think that if you look at the way that Guardiola has managed the squad so far to get us here, do you think he's managed it well? We just won twelve games on the bounce, so. The... But that's it's a slightly different question, though, isn't it? Because the idea is that you manage a squad so that when you come into periods like this. You can call on players and they are fit and they are, you know, they've had enough, to, like, yeah, they've had enough time. To, I don't think you get to, let's say, 19 wins or whatever it is, you know, let, let's say the 12 league wins. You do not hmm. get to 12 league wins if you're constantly rotating your team. It just doesn't work. You know, look at, look at, history tells you the only teams that have put these sorts of runs together have had largely stable teams. So I think, yes, Pepper's rotated well in that, we, you know, he has actually given maybe fifteen players ample time as opposed mm. to eleven. So I think he's done it well, yeah. And a part of it has been because of injuries, but but I think he's done it well. And I don't think he could have pushed it much more because we see the drop off. You'll see it on Saturday or Sunday, you know. So we will try and get away with it. I think we'll get away with it, but. We will have a, it will not, I, I suspect it will be another unimpressive performance if he's got four, four or five players who we don't consider to be the definite first 11. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that at this, when do performances matter? Do they ever matter if you're getting results? Mm, I don't think so. I mean, they, okay. they do, they do to an extent, but. I think when you, as long as you, as long as you're putting a, a splattering of high quality performances in, in in the really important games, the fact that you're grinding through the Huddersfields, the Southamptons, and the West Ham's, I don't think that I think that's irrelevant. You know, there are periods of the season where you just got it. This is a period we just got to get through. I mean, if yeah. we can, I mean, just imagine if we get through this month relatively unscathed through December, relatively unscathed. I mean, we're going to be in an incredible position. Absolutely incredible. Do you think we can get to the end of the year without losing a game? I don't know. I mean, look, if we can get past... If we get past United away, you'd you'd have to feel pretty confident we weren't going to lose a game. Hmm. Okay. Um, uh, sorry, in the league. In the league. Because uh, I think in we, the league. we probably will lose to Shakhtar, won't we? They've, I would, they've got I something to so. play with. Our team's going to be, I would think, you know, 
maximum you're going to see is three first team players. Yeah, yeah. I I think I think Adarabio will play um, in Shakhtar, and I think that that will probably set the tone for what's going to happen. I'm not going to um, include that in the analysis. So I, I, I mean, if you look at, I think you know, can we can we get to the end of the year without losing league game? If we get through United, I'd feel pretty confident we could do it. Okay. Is it important that we do that? Or do you think that we've, with the lead that we've got, it's, you know, it, it, we can almost, we've, we've got that lead, therefore we can afford to lose one of those two games and for it to make almost no difference? I don't know. I like a very, I like a massive lead, but uh, that's just my uh, inner Howard Hawking. Um, <laughs> Everybody's got a little bit of inner Howard Hawking. I don't know. I mean, look, if we can get, even if it's four points for the next two games, right? So even if we, um, I mean, frankly, even if we draw against West Ham and beat United, four points for the next two games and things look very good, even if we lost, even if we got beat by, well, anybody between now and then, mm. the, uh, you know, you, I don't think you should work on the assumption United are going to win every game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I want to ask you about Sterling. Obviously, he's uh, he's having quite a moment this season. Um, I, I pondered on something yesterday that I'd be interested in, in knowing your opinion on. Has he actually taken a step forward in his development or is this just like a kind of purple patch and you think that over the next 12 months, the mean will be maybe a slightly lower level? Yeah, it's a good question, isn't it? I, I mean, I know you're you're a much bigger fan of Sterling than I am, and I, I'm not a, I'm not a critic of Sterling in the way that some people are, but I'm a bit more balanced about it because at the end of the day, he was a fifty million pound signing, and so yeah. I have a level of expectation about fifty million pound signings. Call me call me crazy, but I think when you sign a player of fifty million quid, they're meant to be quite good. So, you know, what, the thing that concerns me about Sterling. Uh, obviously, you can't take away from the goals and, and the impact that he's had this season. It's, it's astonishing. Brilliant. And great for his confidence. Uh, what worries me a little bit is his overall contribution in games is still not at the level, certainly nowhere near the level of a Hazard. Nowhere near. And, uh, and he's generally, I just don't, you know, the goal scoring is fantastic and is, is a bit of an unexpected bonus uh, in many ways. But his overall play, I, th- I think, needs still needs quite a lot of improvement. And I know you won't like that, but that's you know. No, I, d- I I I think that he I think he can improve a lot still. I don't agree with what you just said about Hazard, though. I think Hazard is one of the most hot and cold footballers in the league, and I know loads of Chelsea fans that say Hazard's problem is that for twenty minutes he can look like Messi, and then for an hour nobody will see him. So I don't I don't I think, think we're getting twenty minutes out of Sterling looking like Messi. Don't think that's nah, the I way. I, so I, I don't think, think he has moments, that quality. To me, we're getting moments out of Sterling. That's quite different. Yeah, but I don't think that he has the like. If you were to if you were to compare the if you compare the pure talent that that Hazard has got to the pure talent that Sterling has got, for me, Hazard's got more pure talent. He's a technically he's a better footballer. Um, probably in most things, I suspect his first touch is better, his technique yeah, is better, his shooting I, I is agree. better, his passing is better, all of that sort of stuff. I agree. But I do think that in terms of, I think if you, I think the difference is in the mind, and I I look at Sterling and I see a player who I think can have an impact, who think who feels that he must have an impact in every single game that he plays in. And he makes it his mission right now. He's making it his mission right now to go out and make that impact in games. And you're right. He may not be in, because he doesn't have the technical ability um, that Hazard has got, you're not going to get, you know, every action of Sterling's isn't going to be world-class the way that with Hazard, sometimes you can watch him for 30 minutes and everything he does is world-class. I think the difference is that Sterling, uh, and whether it's a Guardiola thing or whether He's, he was always going to develop this. He seems to have a very... Would you agree that he's got a hardened mentality where he looks like he wants to make an impact in games and he kind of almost doesn't give up until he does? 
Well, I, I think so now, you know, and I think this is a massive part of, and we've talked about it many, many times over the, over the last few months. He's a player who mentality and confidence uh, translate onto the pitch very, very directly. And, uh, you know, I think he goes through phases where he's not confident. And I think in those phases, he's, he's pretty dreadful. Uh, I think what we've got at the moment is he's confident, he's in the zone, uh, he does believe in the way that you're talking. And I think that's why you're seeing the impact. I don't think it's, it's not a fluke. I don't, you know, I, I don't think the, the goals are a fluke, regular last minute goals where he happens to be in the right position. It's not a fluke. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I totally agree with you. The, the uh, you know, he needs, uh, and, and as long as that can be maintained, and I think the manager is the best manager for maintaining that, you know, nobody is going to get, nobody is going to extract performances out of Sterling like, like a pep because, yeah. you know, he's all about that. You know, I think he's a player who absolutely needs constant reassuring, constant coaching, constantly, you know, being put back into a mentality, a winning mentality, because I think he's quite fragile, but he's young, right? So it may be that he just matures. But I think we've seen it before where either the manager has not been the right manager for him or he's gone through a phase where form's gone or the fans have got on his back. I think you see it in his performance. Yeah. Over how much time do you think he needs to uh, continue? At what point? I, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to figure out. I'm still not convinced. And, and you know how big a fan I am of his. But I'm still not convinced wholly that this isn't part of a purple patch and that there is a lower level mean yeah, that I, I think we're, so. we're going to revert Unfortunately, I think so. Unfortunately, I, I think so. Because to me, and we've had the discussion where, you know, I said before, I think if, and it's because of what you just said about Hazard and Sanchez, it also applies to, the, the level of technical ability means that their, their, their peak and the level that they can attain in the game will always be higher than Sterling's. Sterling, I, unfortunately, will always be a, a very good but a second-tier player, well, whilst I think that a Sane, for example, could be right up at the very top of the world game. Mm. And that, that, to me, is the difference. But I don't... Look, I, that's not a problem. Um but I, I think there is a level of overperformance from on the goal scoring side. I think where Sterling can improve is in his overall game because I think notwithstanding the uh, everything we just said about his technical ability, his technical ability is good enough. His his, uh, his physical attributes are good enough to have a very very big impact, and I think that's probably you know where where the next phase of coaching can come in terms of developing his all round game more. So. I'm not overly concerned, uh, but I, I do think I don't. I, I just don't think he can make. I don't think he can make that jump because I don't. I think I think he lacks. He just lacks the natural uh, technical ability to get to the very very top. Mm. It'd be interesting to see how much of that can be coached into him, um, and also it'll be interesting to revisit this conversation just in general at the end of the season because I am. I, I am I'm such a huge fan of his, as you know, that I kind of want this to not be a purple patch in a phase. I want this to be a, a, a genuine step forward in his development. Look, he has already there, there has been a step forward in his overall development um, because you can't put in the performances that he's put in without having that step forward. But what that step forward means tangibly right now, it tangibly means goals. It'll be interesting to see at the end of the season whether it still tangibly means goals or whether it, it, it reverts to a, yeah. I, he I can. completely agree. I mean, look, you know, you, you don't want, you don't want to be seeing from a player of, of the standard that you're talking about wanting him to become. And I know players make mistakes and you, you can't over go on, on about it, but you don't want him to make the mistake that he made in terms of the pass against God. I can't remember who it was now, you know, where he, where he fails to make the five-yard pass when, against Arsenal, yeah. you know, I mean, I mean, it was terrible. Was it Arsenal? It was. It was. It was Arsenal when he had the. Uh, all he had to do was uh, I mean, you uh, know, cross it to Sane, and it's it's if miles you're, you're going to be a off. really top player, you just can't. You can't be making a mistake like that. Yeah, and you have no. Um, 
this isn't a loaded question. It's a genuine question. You don't think that he's still at an age where that basically that you don't think that those inconsistencies inconsistencies are about his age. It's not that as he no, gets maybe. older, you I feel mean, he'll I think maybe he's young. Yeah, people forget because he's he's played so much football because he you know he, he feels like he's been around for a very very long time at mm. a very high level. People forget how young he is. So I think absolutely he is. He's still he's still very very young. So. Yeah, I, I think that can be ironed out. I think he will make better pass selection. I think he will be. I think he's already, technically, I think he is technically improving this season the way he strikes a ball, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, the, the strike against Southampton, it's it's something. I'll tell you, you, can, know, you, you can teach uh, Jesus, who we're probably going to come on and talk, to, talk about, you can teach Jesus how to strike a ball, maybe. Because I can't remember, <laughs> I mean, you know, I can barely remember the last time Jesus had a shot. I mean, yeah. not you know, like a not not from a not from close range shot. Yeah, now I understand. Um, okay, uh, last one on the 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 Huddersfield Southampton thing is the uh, the fallout from the 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 Guardiola giving Redmond uh, an impromptu pep talk uh, uh, at the at the final whistle. Uh, the FA have just announced whilst we uh, were recording this that they have asked Pep Guardiola for his observations on his exchange with Nathan Redmond. And he has until Monday evening to pass them over to the FA. Uh, I don't know what that means because it well, doesn't sound like he's been charged with anything. So it sounds like a warning they, as to future conduct, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, what's your, what's your take on that? I think it's just bloody weird. And, you know, I think it, it's just weird. Don't do it. <laughs> the guy plays for another team. It's weird. I've not. I've almost got nothing. You know, like I've had a few debates with with various people over Twitter on it, where you know City fans saying, "Oh, it's it's Pep." You know, it's the madness of his genius. Well, it might be, but it's it's another. He's a player from another team, and it wasn't. It wasn't just a conversation. It was like this weird. It was just weird, wasn't it? Yeah, totally. I said it in the I said it in the review pod. I mean, for me, um, berating the, an opposition player uh, who's just lost the game with the last kick of the game just seems too much for me. I mean, do it in general. Do it to your own players. Don't do it to, to opposition players. Specifically in this instance, come on. I mean, really, like telling the guy you should attack more, and the guy's like, "Yeah, but my manager told me not to." Yeah, but you, yeah. Just, I, I love that. It's like you say. It's just, yeah, he's, he's yeah, yeah, totally. You know, they're all devastated on the pitch. You can see that anyway. And this guy, yeah. this is lunatic raving manager from the winning team, <laughs> jumping up and down, not just saying. You know, I really rate you, and uh, you know, you know, an arm. It's not. It's not an arm round. It's a some kind of. It's weird. I, I just keep coming back to it being very, very, very strange, and he shouldn't yeah. do it. And uh, I think he's quite lucky that one Redmond took it in the spirit in which I think Pep probably meant it, which was actually complimentary, uh, and and two that he didn't actually clock in one. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, that was that. that, that I, I I agree with both those things, and I, I want to say one thing though. That's not to say that I agree with any of the absolute bollocks that was written yesterday about. Oh well, if Mourinho did it, it would be a completely different. No, 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 no. Well, first no, of all, well, there's, there's a couple of things. First of all, some of the comments were just like hilarious. I mean, the the guy that said it was despicable. I mean, what what's the selection of word that was? First of all, uh, then there was. Um, Ducker then gave some analogy about eight-year-old managing a team of eight-year-olds, which was just like, what? What, what are you talking about? Um, and so, uh, and then, but the Mourinho, the reason the Marie, for me, the, the Mourinho analogy is, is, is a complete irrelevance is because Mourinho wouldn't do it with the same spirit. If Mourinho was doing it, it would have been an aggressive move. Yeah. Whereas, I do believe that as weird as I think it is, Pep was doing it out of some misplaced sense of praise, coaching, desire to see Nathan Redmond be a better footballer. You know, 
I don't believe that if, if Mourinho did it, he would be doing it for those reasons. And therefore, the, the, the reaction would, should not and would not be the same. Mm. I, I had a very, I'm not, I'm not even going to try and paraphrase it, but Marty Perrineau gave me an answer to a question which uh, was very interesting with regards to what Pep will want his legacy to be when he leaves. I asked him whether, you know, whether what will what will be a successful stint for him at City and whether it'll be titles or whether it'll be like, you know, implanting a style of play in uh, in the City CFA and within the first team. And the answer that he gave was really interesting. And I, I think it feeds a little bit into, I don't know, like it, it, Pep's got a massive ego. I don't think that you can be that successful uh, over that period of time and not have an absolutely enormous ego. Uh, and I think Pep wants to make his mark on, on English football in the Premier League. And as much as, you know, it, it made me bristle a year ago or whenever he came in and, and people were like, oh, you here to change English football? And Guardiola was like, no, I'm not. I, part of me feels like, you know, Pep's ego is just about big enough that he does want to change not just English football, but English footballers and their mentality and how they view the game. Um, well, I think it's happened. I mean, you know, and I, I'm not a, uh, I needed to see a little bit of proof of the pudding before uh, before going overboard with the whole Pep situation. I know it's still relatively early days in the season, but it's already happening because you're already seeing it throughout the leagues. And that, I don't just mean in professional football. People are playing much more of a Pep style. You know, they're playing out from the back. The kind of the, the concept that it's absolute insanity is disappearing rapidly. I mean, you, you know, this is not something that's taken a very, very long time. But some very, very pep style playing out from the back is coming in even to junior football. You know, I've yeah. seen people, you know, put clips on of, you know, junior berry players and things like this and playing in a an influence way. Um, that's big. That is big. And, yeah. and look at the number of English players that we have. You know, people talk about building the England team around the Spurs contingent. Well, hang on a minute. We've got three of the back four. Yeah. Well, we I should have. there'll be more right? in the next 12 months too. So, you know, should have three of the back four plus Sterling in the sort of form he is. They should be building the, not that I'm bothered and actually I don't really want them to, but if anything, they should be building the England team around the City uh, players. Yeah. I think that's maybe what, you know, I think that when we talk about Pep and legacies, I suspect that as much, I think that he knows that he can leave a legacy at Manchester City because he has all of the resources, literally, financially, in terms of the setup. He can do that. That's not really going to be an enormous challenge for him because he has the support of literally everybody below him and everybody uh, above him. I think his, I think he'll want a wider legacy than that. And I think the England team over the next five years is going to play into that. And I think Perrineau kind of touches on it in his answer. And I don't know, it'll just that side of, of this is going to be very, very interesting. Um, and the Redmond thing is is interesting within it because he's English and, and the way that Pep went at him, it's, uh, yeah, I can, I can kind of see why he'd want to say something like that, but not in that manner. Just to go back to the original question, yeah, not like that, not in front of the cameras, not when he's just lost the game with the last kick of the game. Well, call anyway. him up. I mean, you know, if you really feel that, you know, interested in it, I still think it's inappropriate. But literally pick the phone up to him. Yeah. yeah. Don't, Go don't the dressing do it room. on the pitch like that. It's just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. It just, it, it's it's too much uh, because of the, because he's not Pep's player, I don't like it. Like for me, that's disrespectful. If If the manager of, another team is doing that to one of Pep's players at the end of a game. My I my gut feeling is that Guardiola is going to have a problem with that, particularly if that, like, for example, let's turn it on its head. If Mourinho goes up to, uh, uh, if City, if City play a very expansive attacking game, yeah, and get beat with a counter-attack, counter-attacking goal uh, at, at Old Trafford in the last minute and Mourinho goes legging it onto the pitch after the game and starts lecturing one of our players for uh, for being leaving too much space in behind, yeah, then I suspect that Guardiola is going to have something to say about that 
and it's not going to be a positive thing. So I think in that sense, you have to be very, very, very careful if you're going to go and start saying, well, I don't care what your manager told you to do. You're a good attacking player. You need to attack. I appreciate the sentiment, but I don't think that... I I totally agree. Mm. Uh, Okay. Um, West Ham then. I want you to pick me a team to wrap this podcast up. Well, it's not easy, is it? Um, so Edison. Well, let's start with the, let, let's start with the guys on on four bookings. So Vinny, well, then none Sane, of them play for me. So one hundred percent, no no discussion, no debate, no play them for half an hour, play them for forty minutes, no play, not on the bench, rested completely. Sorry, that's my view. No risk, yep. can't risk any of them for individual reasons. Sane because he's one of our best players. Fernandinho because he's our absolutely pivotal player in that position, and Vinny because. The, the fallback is Mangala. So there's no debate for me. Now, I suspect that they won't all be completely off uh, on on Sunday, uh, but that's what I would do. So it depends what the I think you've convinced is. me that they will be. Huh? I think you've convinced me that they will be. So so pick your team, because I think you might be right with what, the team. So Edison in that. Yeah. Um, he's going to have to play Walker. Uh, Dindalone playing centre-half, maybe. Can we play three at the back? We're not going to need a lot of defensive players against West Ham. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I think we can sacrifice. We can change it and push push the fullbacks further up, um, maybe. I, I think it's very hard to pick a team, by the way. I know, I know it's a bit of a cop-out. Maybe you should go first and I'll critique yours. I find it very okay, difficult well- because I just... He's got, uh, you know... He's just going to sort of scrape. I think what he's going to try and do is get away with it. And what that means is that any of those players that are the second tier could play. Yeah. So here's the team that I think he'll pick. I think Walker plays. I think Otamendi plays. uh, I think Mangala plays. um, And I think that Delph will play. but only, I think Delph and Vinny are in identical situations where they, yeah, in a, Vinny, I think with Delph, he, he, he's played, he's played twice this week already. He's got a, he's got a history of injuries. So part of me feels like you could throw Danilo in there. In fact, yeah, I take that back. Danilo, I, plays, I, would, I, Delph, I would play yeah. Danilo. Delph gets the rest. So I think it's it's Walker and Danilo and Otamendi and Mangala. I think that Torre holds. I think it's, uh, Gundogan and I think De Bruyne will will play because he can't play midweek so I think De Bruyne plays De Bruyne and Gundogan Uh, I think Bernardo and Raz this this team isn't going to work by the way this is this is like the Wolves team this is this is not going to work and Jesus up up top that's the team more or less that I think he'll pick it's not going to work in what way it's just it's just not good. It's just too, it's just too weak. Okay, I disagree. I think that team beats West Ham. West Ham are absolute garbage. I, I just don't think, I think I could pick a weaker team than that from our squad that beats this West Ham side. Uh, Remember, we've got to carve them open, right? So let's assume that they are going to go David Moyes, full on They conceded four to Everton. They, they conceded four to Everton in midweek. They're, 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 they are beyond rubbish at defending. Beyond rubbish at defending. I don't think that... I think even if they park two buses, I don't think that they've got anywhere near the spirit or the mentality or the organisation of Huddersfield and Southampton. I don't think they'll even come close to, to that those levels of organisation and spirit. Um, so for me... And for me, if you're talking about creativity, Bernardo... KDB, Gundogan, Sterling, and Jesus. There's there's enough goals there. Okay. What about for you then? Pick well, I, I think David Silva has to play for me. Ah, I forgot about David. Okay, fair enough. So, would you then would you rest KDB and play Gundogan and, no, and Silva? No, I play KDB because KDB. I wouldn't play either KDB or David Silva in the European game. I played Bernardo. So, gotcha. I'd play both both of those two. Um, I don't know who I'd play out of uh, Jesus or Aguero because uh, they've both just not been on good enough form recently. Um, Sterling, I think you play him because of momentum um, and also because you've got no Sane. So 
that's probably a collection that I could live with, that's, and that's probably enough quality. I, I'm slightly nervous about that back four, but you, but you know, oh, you should be Mangala and 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 Danilo on the left hand side stinks of of something going badly wrong. But I think that I think this is where. As I said, I think we're going to learn a lot about the City team over the next three weekends because I think there's going to be heavy rotation this weekend and a lot of squad players are going to be called upon. Let's see what they can do. Uh, and then we've got two huge games where you see, you will see with the, the, the injuries that we've got, how we, I think the Stones one is the big one. I think that for me, I want to see Vinny put in a Vinny performance against United. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not that, I mean, if there's one game where I could live without stones, it'd be against United. Interesting. Because I think Why? we need more, you know, I think he's done really well in the individual battles this season, stones, much better yeah. than I'd imagined. But if there's one area where he's not, that's not his sort of, you know, nine out of 10 part of his game, it's the individual battles. And this is going to be a game given what United are going to do, this is going to be a game of individual battles. So the Fellaini, the Lukaku, the Ibrahimovic, these sorts of physical physical battles are better yeah. served by Otamendi and company, in my view. And so I think, I think we might be okay. You know, my big worry about the United game is what team we can, we actually get to. So, you know, how just getting through the next week in terms of suspensions and injuries uh, if we can play our first team against United, then I'll feel that we won't lose. Um, but we are now quite vulnerable in certain positions. Yeah. Well, look, I'll, uh, I will, I will have you back next Friday for the Friday show, and we can see, uh, we can see where we've gotten to, how we've navigated those two games, and what squad we've got. We have to available. make it after the press conference, so we know what, yes. we know what hand we're being dealt. Absolutely, we'll make it. We'll make it after the press conference. Awesome. Hey, Stefan, listen, thank you so much. That was excellent. Cheers. Uh, to everybody who listened, this was the Friday show. Uh, if you have not signed up for the 9320 player, I suggest you do it over the weekend. Our interview with Marty Perrinow will be out Monday or Tuesday, and it is excellent and wonderful insights into the mind of, of Guardiola. And I often forget how often Marty and Pep speak, and he... Marty spoke to Pep after the Huddersfield game and it was interesting to hear Pep's take on on the comparison between the number of passes in the second half that Huddersfield made and and uh, and City made. But yeah, that's from the Marty Perrineau interview that will be available next week. So until then, uh, have a lovely weekend and thanks for listening.